Hi ladies and welcome to week one of our summer Bible study in Romans. Since this is the first week, I wanted to take a little bit of time just to do some background on the book of Romans before diving into the actual study book material. So the book of Romans was written by Paul. It was a letter just like other letters he had written, but this one was specifically to a church in Rome. Um, And like most letters written by Paul, it was written to provide guidance, encouragement, and direction to a fellow group of believers. Um, The church in Rome was particularly well known, um, which was kind of interesting because it was um, one that Paul had never visited, and just for the separation of the churches and the distance for that time, for multiple churches around different areas to know of the Church of Rome was interesting. Um, But another interesting thing about the church in Rome was that nothing was really happening at this church. So typically when Paul would write these letters, um, it would be because there was some issue of sin um, or, you know, religious politics or some kind of like turmoil or conflict was going on at the church that he was writing to, but that wasn't the case for the Roman church. So the church in Rome was actually experiencing relative peace. And so Paul um, was just reaching out to the church in Rome and providing that encouragement and that guidance. Um, Another thing about Paul with this church was that he had actually never been there. So they knew of him because of who Paul was, but they did not know him personally. So Paul takes the time to introduce himself to the people in Rome prior to diving into the real purpose of the letter to establish some level of familiarity so he's not just some faceless person kind of telling them what to do. Um, he wanted to establish a relationship and just connect him to the people of this church because they are all believers and they are all one church. Um, so he wanted to make that connection before getting to like the meat of the letter. Uh, again, Paul's letter was aimed to uplift and guide his fellow Christians uh, and is a reminder to us, as it was to them, to keep our eyes fixed on Christ. Okay? So week one, here we are. Um, the great thing about the book of Romans is that it is filled with good news. Our study book is called The Good News About Everything. So each week we're just focusing on the good news of different aspects of our relationship with God, which is really wonderful to not really have any like twist endings or things hiding under a rock, like really scary or um you know, tragic things or um, the really big things that make you feel all the really big feelings. I mean, this book is very convicting, um, but in the most positive way, it's focusing on the good news or the gospel, um, which is really awesome. And so the good news that we're focusing on this week um, was, you know, the good news about faith. So our salvation, our relationship with God Our new life in Christ doesn't depend on how many good works we do, the masks that we're wearing, or how we present ourselves to the people around us. Um, We're not cleaning ourselves up or working super hard. All we need to do, all we're asked to do is to have faith, to trust in who God says He is and who we are in Him. 
Romans 1, 4-5 says, And he was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ our Lord. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. By having faith in Christ, we have received God's power. The very same power that raised Christ from the dead is in us the moment we put our faith in him. Even in the moments where we feel powerless, the moments when we are suffering, that power, the Holy Spirit, never leaves us. And it was just really crazy because it doesn't say the same kind of power or power like what raised Christ from the dead, the very same. The very same power that was able to bring Christ back from the dead, the Holy Spirit himself, God himself, lives inside of us when we make the choice to believe and trust and have faith in who he is. In the moments where we feel like we don't have enough to push forward, we can choose to have faith. And Paul reminds us that that is enough. That is enough That is all that we are being asked to do. When we feel like we have nothing else to give, we can choose to have faith. I found this very encouraging and also very convicting as I was going through this part of the study because I felt like, or I feel like, there are multiple areas in my life right now where I feel powerless. And the emphasis came on the word feel. That's what really stood out to me as I was thinking through this week was, Christ, God gave us as humans the ability to feel all kinds of things, good, bad, ugly, all of the feelings, not just joy, not just excitement, not just that feeling of being loved, but all of those angry feelings, those sad feelings, those helpless feelings, but they're just feelings. The power of God lives in me And it lives in you. It lives in any person who has chosen to put their faith in God. Even when you feel alone, even when you feel like you have no power, that power is still there. It doesn't go away. It doesn't dim down or hide. It stays and it's burning brightly in you every single day. It doesn't go away when things get hard. It doesn't go away if I haven't talked to God in a few days or prayed in a while. It doesn't go away even if it's been a long time since I picked up my Bible and I spent time in the Word. The moment I placed my faith in Him, that power was placed in me. And the same again is true for everyone here who has placed their faith in Him. And now while the focus is on the good news of the gospel, Paul does not waste the opportunity to highlight some of the not-so-great things, um, to remind believers not to fall into the pattern of sin or placing judgment on others for their sin or holding themselves up self-righteously thinking that their own sin isn't as bad as the sin of others. And it's so easy for us to do. It's so easy for us to forget about what we're doing Take the focus off of us because looking at ourselves is just too hard. It's too much. And we don't want to admit 
to our sinful nature. And so we look at someone else and we find and we focus on their sin and we try and talk about how what they're doing is more important and more sinful and requires more attention from God. Don't look at us. Don't look at me, God. Don't look at how I'm sinning or how I'm not, you know, walking the walk, even though I talk the talk. Don't look at me. Look at them because what they're doing is so much worse. And it's not. God looks at sin, any kind of sin, at the same level. And that can be really hard to think about with everything that's going on in the world. And we see lives being taken. We see society accepting things that are unrighteous. And we see different lifestyles that don't align with the way that God has designed things. And we have so much to focus on how all of that is so awful. But it starts at home. That starts in the head, in the heart, and even in the hearts of believers, it starts. We look and we say, well, I would never do what that person did, so I can't be as bad. Paul says to the Romans and to all believers, you may think you can condemn such people, but you are just as bad and you have no excuse. When you say they are wicked and should be punished, you are condemning yourself for you who judge others do these very same things. That's in Romans 2.1. That's the very first verse of Romans 2. And when I was reading that, I know that he is speaking to believers and focusing really on believers to believers. So we're looking within the church, but I really thought about how easy it is for us as believers, as Christians to look down on others who have not chosen to put their faith in God, the non-believers, or in this time, it would be um, the Gentiles who had not chosen to follow, um, follow Christ. And so we look at them and we judge them for their sin, but they don't even know that they are sinning. They have not made that choice. They don't have a relationship with God. They are living in the world because that is all that they know. And yet we judge them for that. While at the very same time sinning, even though we know how much it hurts our God, even though we know how much it costs, we do it anyway. And we still choose to pull the focus away from us and to put it on others because we think that that will make our sin go away. We know who God is. We know the power that sin has. And so we're called not to judge those around us, those that are believers and those that do not believe. We are not the ones to judge. In the same line of verses, Paul hits us with this. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from sin? Our faith in Christ, the gift of salvation, is intended to lead us away from sin. It's intended to motivate us not to sin and to 
seek forgiveness for our sins and call out the ugly parts of ourselves and hand them out or hold them out for God to see so that he can search us and he can forgive us and he can heal us and he can guide us and work with us to steer clear of that. It's also to motivate us to do good works in the name of the Lord. All of the good that we do should have one motivation, and that is to please our God and to honor who He is. And there's no magic number of good works that will gain your salvation. The first piece of Paul's letter tells us salvation is gained by faith alone. By faith alone. Our good works come from our desire to pursue and grow closer to God. And our actions and our words need to align with the commission God has set for us. To speak His word, to bring others closer to Him, to help others grow and for us to grow ourselves and His mission for our lives and the lives of those around us. doesn't matter how many good deeds you do when your heart's in the wrong place. If our focus is not on God, if we are doing things for selfish prideful reasons, then it it does good, but it doesn't really mean that much. It's not the intention. It's not what God intended for us to be doing. Our hearts, our trust, and our faith needs to remain in Christ. And we're guilty of putting, I know I'm guilty of putting too much weight in the things that we do or the practices that we have. She talked about this, the author of our study book. She talked about collecting things, um, and I just couldn't relate to that. I couldn't understand um, where she was. I could understand where she was going, but it didn't really connect with me because I am someone who gets rid of things. I don't like to have too much stuff. It gives me anxiety more than anything else, and so I was like, I can't really get with that. Maybe some dust because I have a, an aversion to cleaning so I could collect dust. Uh, but aside from that, I don't really have um, a collection of things. But when I was thinking about the practices and just putting too much weight um, to the point that we miss the point of why we're doing them in the first place, I started to think about the process of planning and putting together a child's birthday party. So this is a really big part of my life right now. It's the phase of life that I'm in. I have two wonderful daughters, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And I always wanted to be the mom, no matter what, even before I had kids, I wanted to have the mom that made the memorable memorable birthday parties. I wanted my kids to be able to look back and be like, man, mom was awesome. My parties were great. And I wanted them to see exactly how much I love them and just be able to remember that and for everyone to have a good time. And yes, the perfectionist in me wanted everyone to come and be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Look at what you did. So um, me being totally open and honest with you guys, um, that's what connected with me. So stay with me. I'm just going to kind of go through what that looks like um, and hopefully it can help us understand a little bit more about each other and about, you know, um, what we're learning about in Romans. So first you go with deciding the theme, right? There's always a theme. Um, I did Paw Patrol for my three-year-old's birthday party. And so decide on the theme. All right. Then we have to research the theme and get some party ideas because everything has to be on theme, the food, the decorations, like party favors, everything. 
And so then you're putting together DIY directions because you're trying to be frugal and you're trying to stay on a budget. So you're like, oh, I'll just DIY. And then you remember that you are the one that has to do the DIY. Like DIY means that you're doing it. Um, so you have to like fit that into the process and get all the supplies. So you start get to get frustrated over failures in the prep process. Things don't work out the way you want them to. And so you're starting to get frustrated. And then now after all the decorations are figured out, right, you have to figure out food because you have to feed people. And the older your kids get, you're feeding kids. So trying to do in-theme food and not doing like dino nuggets and fries or tater tots, things start to get a little bit more complicated. So you're overcomplicating the food situation for toddlers, which is great. And then there's the week of prep, the day before the party prep. And then there's the day of prep and all the frustration that goes in with that. And at the end of it, you find yourself realizing that you forgot the point of why you're throwing the party in the first place. You're throwing the party to celebrate the life, another year of your child, the accomplishment of making it through another year um, with your children and celebrating all of the love that they have in their lives. And you're almost, you almost miss the point because you're so wrapped up in getting there. You're so wrapped up in how it will look. What will other people think? Do people look at me and think, wow, she's such a great mom because she's throwing this party and doing all these things. Like, wow, look at what she did for her child. And that's not the point of throwing the party. Just like our practices, the point is not to make ourselves look better to the people around us. The point is not to say the most prayers. It's not to, um, it's not to say like, oh, I've served this many times or I've been to church this many times in my life. It's not any of that. The point of all of this is to grow closer to God and to learn more about him. And when we forget when we forget the reason why we're doing something, we've put too much weight in the things and the stuff and the ceremonies. We've put too much weight when we're no longer getting truth about God through the things that we're doing when we're not growing closer to him or helping others grow closer to him through that, we've missed the point completely. And it can be as simple as getting back to the basics, as weird as it sounds, like just stop trying so hard. I know that was really hard for me personally this week to hear, to stop trying so hard, to stop doing so much. Keep yourself in God's word. Even if it's a verse a day, type thing. Make sure that every day you're being in his word and you're learning more about him through that. Stay in prayer and in connection with him. Tune into the spiritual truths you're being led to as you go through your day. Make sure you're listening. Make sure your eyes are open. God is talking to us. God is showing us what he wants to do. God is showing us where he is. God is showing us who he is. We just need to slow down and take the time to look and to listen and to be there and keep our eyes on God. Be as faithful to God 
as he has always been faithful to you. So if you're sitting here and you're feeling powerless, remember that you're not. (laughs) Remember just the kind of power. Remember the power that lives in you as a believer. The very same power. Again, not power like, not power close to, the very same power that brought Christ back from the dead, the Holy Spirit, God himself, lives in you the moment you put your faith in him. And it doesn't go away. It's there. And if you're wondering if your good will ever be good enough, know that it is. God only asks us to do what we can. And so if all you can do at the end of the day is have faith, then it's enough. Have faith in God and that's enough. Thank you.